0: everyone welcome to another episode of this podcast that's yet to be named uh, <laughs> title. yeah untitled I think that's a better way to put it uh, so joining me today to talk some basketball are my good friends Ibrahim and UBG what's up guys how's it going
1: yeah bro how's it going man glad to be here
0: and as always I'm your host Ronak Modi so let's jump right into it so Today, we're going to talk basically only about the NBA. Uh, so the first thing we have on tap is we're going to talk a little bit about the playoff race and the contenders for each conference. So we'll start out with the Eastern Conference. So currently, the standings in the Eastern Conference are the Bucks are tied for first with the Raptors. Third are the Pacers, but they just had a devastating injury to Victor Oladipo. Really sad, actually. It was really grotesque on film, but it's a... Uh, fractured quad tendon or something for him so he'll be out for the year so the Pacers will undoubtedly fall from that spot uh fourth of the Sixers fifth are the Celtics and uh past that is kind of just like a bunch of teams all kind of within a few games of each other that don't really matter in the East to be honest and um yeah I mean the main teams here are the Bucks Raptors 76ers and the Celtics so first uh UBG, take it away man let's hear a little bit about the Celtics
2: yeah, I mean, they started off – I mean, I really think they're at the fifth spot just because how they started off the season um, with trying to integrate Gordon Hayward into the lineup, um, him getting used to being back after his gruesome injury last year. So them being fifth on in the standings is kind of an understatement of their actual ability. Um, you know, their team is as deep as any of the top four teams, I'd say. They're probably one of the deepest teams in the East definitely on par with the raptors um they have a lot of great talent they're coached by the one and only brad stevens they really can switch everything um i can't i can't see them losing in the first two rounds i see them getting you know to the eastern conference finals uh just based on talent alone talent alone uh and with their coach
0: okay Sounds good, Ebo. uh, A little bit about the uh, about the uh, Raptors.
1: Yeah, uh, Raptors, pretty much best record in the league. I think winning percentage wise, they're tied with the Bucks. Um, Looking at their numbers, to be honest, nothing really pops out about them. They're a top ten team. I think it's pretty standard uh, prediction for them to be uh, this point in the league or this point in the season. I'm sorry, Um, but. They're six in points per possession, points per 100 possessions. They're eighth in defensive rating. Uh, They're kind of just top 10 across the board. But if you look at, as LBG said, their depth, they have seven, eight guys that can play and give them good minutes. They obviously have Kawhi Leonard, uh, best two-way player in the game, in my opinion. They have Kyle Lowry, one of the best point guards. And defensively, uh, their front quarter is just really, really hard to – to get past with Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard kind of just anchoring it down so although their numbers don't really look too fantastic I think they do have the advantage of having uh, in my opinion the best player in the Eastern Conference and so uh, with how they've been able to win games as a team with him kind of sitting out every five six games it has been pretty remarkable and when he does play he plays at an MVP level and they're really hard to beat And so I think that they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and um, if it's them versus the Celtics or them versus the Bucks, uh, I'd see it being really difficult for the Raptors to to lose in a seven game series, especially if they have home court advantage. Uh,
0: so one thing, Ebo, it doesn't concern you at all that the Raptors, you know, they kind of struggle shooting threes at times. If you look at all their players, they they don't have other than I'd say Kawhi, Kyle Lowry, Danny Green. Other than that, who's going to shoot the ball from deep? Because right now, they're 23rd in three-point percentage. Uh, yeah. They are 11th yes. in attempts, though, so there's a little correlation between attempts and a decrease in field goal percentage. But
1: right, like and that. and I think that's probably right now one of their most glaring weaknesses. Uh, it's, it's definitely an issue for them, but I think they also have a couple of guys who uh, are proven to be really good three-point shooters that are just, at this point in the season, not shooting particularly well. C.J. Miles is shooting 31% this year um, on 3.5 attempts per game. Last year he was shooting 36%. He was shooting a couple more attempts. So I think maybe him not getting as involved thus far in the season could be a reason for that. Kyle Lowry um, hasn't shot particularly great, but I think they have guys who in the past have proven that they can uh, shoot the ball pretty well. Uh, and So maybe that turns around. In the playoffs, Even Pascal Siakam, he's kind of been improving as the season gone on. Sergi Baca started off well, but um, he's kind of dropped off. So I think they have guys who can shoot the ball. They just haven't done it so well thus far. And, and it's possible that it changes, but it's probably their biggest weakness.
0: Got it. Yeah, OBG, what would you say is the Celtics' biggest weakness? And uh, how do you think that they could fix it? Or do you think it's not uh, fixable? What do you think?
2: All right. Uh, I think their biggest weakness really is uh, their ability to score the ball. Um, from the stats, they're 10th in points for hundred possessions, which is, which is okay. But when you're compared to um, teams like the Sixers and the Raptors who consistently get more out of their possessions, uh, it's it's hard to see them uh, really outscoring their opponents. So if it comes down to like a, a good shooting, a good three-point shooting team like the Bucks versus the Celtics, per se. Although the Celtics have a great, great defense, they're fifth in defensive rating. Um, it's hard to see like them taking down a team that has the potential to really score a lot. Um, I think, what, yeah, the basically the way for them to overcome that is, you know, to play their, you know, kind of lockdown defense that they've been playing uh, this whole season, but. If if the other team gets lucky and shots start falling, then I don't really see them having have a chance uh, to really outscore the opponent. So that's that's kind of one of their main weaknesses that I see.
0: Got it. Yeah, I mean, uh, from what I've been seeing, uh, Jason Tatum has been uh, underperforming a little bit this year compared to what was expected of him. So hopefully he'll uh, bounce back and play better. And you know, also I think Kyrie being out, uh, you know, missing a few games here and there has hurt them a little bit as well. Yeah. So another team, you know, that personally I feel is, you know, maybe I think they're better than the Celtics. But you know, with the Raptors right now, they're tied for first, and that's the Bucks. Uh, you can make a case that t- statistically right now they're the best team in the NBA. Uh, even better than the Warriors, they're first in defensive rating. Uh, only 103.8 points allowed for 100 possessions third in uh, offensive rating with 113.5 points per 100 possessions. And, you know, they're kind of... Uh, they shoot a lot of threes is, uh you know, Mike Budenholzer came over and uh, he's kind of instilled this kind of pace and space sort of system with Milwaukee. And uh, it's really all revolving around one player, which is Giannis Antetokounmpo, who right now, you know, is one of the leaders in the MVP race before James Harden heated up. But... They're, uh, you know, they're statistically, like I said, the best team in the NBA right now. And I think you have to say that as of right now, they're the front runners in the Eastern Conference. What do you guys think about that?
2: Um,
0: like you said, it does
2: rely a whole lot on Giannis. Um, the reason why they shoot so many threes uh, and so many open threes really is because he's able to get down into the middle of the paint. If you watch some of their games... Um, and it really just collapse the whole defense and kick it out. Um, I, I agree with you. I think they're the best team in the East. Um, but if they come to play a team like the Sixers who have a, a great inside presence, uh, like, you know, Joel Embiid, maybe they have, uh, the defense doesn't have to collapse as much and their three-point shooters don't really get that many open looks. So. I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to containing Giannis, which is no easy task. But, um, if any team, I think out of these four could really match up with them because of how they play, I I'd take the Sixers, um, as a team that can really compete with them. But the Bucs, in my opinion, are
0: just a tier above everyone else. What do you think about that, Ibo? What do you think about the Bucks?
1: Yeah, I think obviously, like you guys have both said, it, it pretty much revolves around Giannis and... You know how good he is as a player, and and the type of season he's been having. I do think that uh, them being 18th in three point percentage, although they're second in attempts per 100 possessions, is a little bit concerning. Um, if they're getting open looks and they're not really making it at an above average level, that's uh, come playoff time to me a little bit more concerning uh, than what some of the other teams' overall weaknesses are, just because. Besides Giannis, I don't think they have a ton of talent. And so I think in the playoffs, that can actually be a bit of a detriment to them. And um, he's a great player inside. He's fantastic inside. But his jump shot isn't so reliable that he could use it to dominate a game, I think. And um, in the playoffs, I think that gets exploited a lot more. And so, like you said, the Sixers, RBG, they can match up really well. But I think uh, the Celtics actually match up really well with the Bucs as well. Um, yeah and... you know
0: I was actually just about to point that out youbo how well the Celtics match up with the bucks because if you think about you know the Celtics are a very experienced team right because they a lot like they, they basically have the same players coming back from that playoff run last year yeah and you know they're they are actually really good at shooting threes their six and three point percentage despite being third in the league in three-point attempts so I mean that's something that bodes really well for them yeah, I think the whole, uh, you know, their 10th, which is the, the worst out of all the contenders, uh, being 10th in offensive rating is the worst. But, you know, I, I think that they'll be able to pick it up. A lot of players that, you know, they've been relying on a play great, haven't played uh, up to that standard. Like I think Terry Rozier and Tatum haven't had as good years as they should be having. And, and uh, Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown, well. Brown, exactly. You know, see, a lot of players yeah. that are relying on aren't playing as well, but, you know, come playoff time, Brad Stevens will probably scheme something up, just like he did last year when he took LeBron's caps to seven games, and then they're definitely yeah. going to have Kyrie for every game of the playoffs, so, you know, they're... And I mean,
1: defensively, they're second in opponents, allowing their opponents to 44%, or second in allowing their opponents to 33% from the three. I mean, that's... Although their offense is a little bit of a concern right now, that's... Um, an amazing sign that I look at, uh, come playoff time is if you can force your opponent to miss shots, if you can force your opponent to miss three point shots, um, and they get to the line. So like you said, they've had a couple guys who haven't played as well as expected. Um, but if, if Tatum and Rosier and Jalen Brown can get close to the level they were in last year's playoffs, I mean, they can, They're the most talented team in the East. You know, they can be a wrecking ball. Exactly. Um, So who do you guys think will make it to
0: the conference championship game then? You have to pick two out of these teams. Actually, sorry, you know, I almost forgot, my bad. How about we uh, talk about the 76ers a little bit? Um, So they're ninth right now in offensive rating. They're tenth in defensive rating. Uh, As everyone knows, they acquired Jimmy Butler. Uh, Not that recently anymore. I think it's been about a month, month and a half since they acquired Jimmy Butler. Their field goal percentage and three point percentages are both pretty good. They uh, get through the free throw line a lot. They're second to get into the free throw line uh, per hundred possessions. They shoot twenty six per hundred possessions, and they're a really good rebounding team. But I think you know a lot of people, uh, us included, discount the Sixers. And uh, why do you think that is? Why do you guys discount the Sixers?
2: Personally, um, you got to look at what they gave up to get Jimmy Butler. Yeah, he's a great addition, um, a scorer that they very well needed uh, who can create his own shot, but they gave up Covington and Saric, and both of those guys are are pretty good three-point shooters, pretty long wing defenders, and like very needed depth for this team because I can't see guys on their bench that can come in and contribute uh, at the level that some people on the Bucks. Raptors and Celtics can. And so when you start to get into a series uh, seven games where when you take out your starter, Ben Simmons, okay, who are you putting in? You're putting in TJ McConnell, but he's going against, you know, Terry Rozier in in those minutes. I don't see them winning, winning those, um, those, those points at the end of, at the end of quarters that are, that sometimes determine uh, the difference in the game. So their depth is the main reason why I kind of discount them talent wise. They're, they're pretty stacked, but as far as depth goes, um, that's one big
0: detriment. How about you, Ebo? What do you think about the Sixers?
1: Yeah, I think you, uh, you hit the nail right on the head there. They just don't have the depth to match up with, uh, the top teams in the East, you know, they're, they're top talent players, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Uh, those are Jimmy Butler. Those are really, really talented players, but, after you get past those three, there's quite a drop off and, uh, you know, they looking at their numbers, they're, you know, deserving as a top 10 team, their eighth and three point percentage they're sixth and field goal percentage. Um, they get to the line quite a bit and they have really good rebounding. But, uh, when you look at who's taking those three point shots, it's not their most talented players. Um, and you contrast that with the Celtics or the Raptors. Um, or the Bucks, to some extent, uh, those guys have their best three-point shooters taking most of their shots. And so they're just naturally getting more efficient buckets uh, than the Sixers are. And so come playoff time, that's what I think is the difference between the Celtics and Raptors versus the Sixers.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to uh, just, you know, play a little devil's advocate with both of you guys. So in my opinion, you know, the, the biggest problem with the Sixers is depth. I get that. They don't have a lot of depth, but in the playoffs, you know, it's for all the marbles. So you're going to play your best players as much as you can possibly play them. So the whole depth thing, I think as far as playoffs goes, is a little bit overrated unless teams are deep in in really talented players. And and I don't really see like any team team in the East being super deep with talented players except, you know, the Celtics. And we know how the Celtics have had the Sixers number all the time.
1: You don't think the Raptors have depth? Yeah, the they Raptors have
0: are depth, pretty deep. but it's not depth of star players. If you know what I mean, like the Celtics, they they have to put great players on the bench. The Raptors, their bench players aren't exactly great. If you know what I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, but I don't okay. think the Sixers have a good bench either. Like, they have oh there. No, the Sixers their... definitely don't have a good
0: bench. I'm just saying that I I think they could hold their own with the Bucks and the Raptors a little bit, just because. You know, if Brett Brown plays his star players for extended minutes because it is the playoffs, they'll be... um, I I think they'll be able to hide their depth, is what I'm saying.
2: So you're saying he's just going to shorten the rotation and when other teams put in their bench, they'll still be able to hold their own?
0: Exactly. They can still stagger the minutes between Simmons and Bede and Butler because the other thing is that, you know, those three, it's a little questionable how they all kind of fit together on the court. You know, They're all players who yeah. kind of want the ball, which I guess is kind of going against my point of playing devil's advocate, but bear with me. <laughs> I think, you know, to be honest, I don't like the Sixers much either as a contender. I just think the fact that other teams can go small on them and then they have this problem where their focal point is Embiid, who's the center, that kind of is a big issue. But, you know, just the fact that they have a star, star player, three star players now, it gives them a really big advantage because yeah, I, I think that definitely gives them. An, I, an I don't advantage. think you can say that any other team in the East has three like star players, except you know the Celtics. Because the Raptors have Kawhi, but you know what I mean. That's just what that's just my personal opinion on the Sixers' chances. They'll win with their star power.
1: Yeah, I think I think they have potential to have those nights where they go off and. Their star players carry them, but um, I don't know. I just, I just don't think that their star players are on that level where they could carry them past a really, really talented team like the Celtics. Like Jimmy Butler is really good, but I don't think he's that good. I think Joel Embiid is really good, but big men just, by the way the game is played today, are a little bit easier to stop, and then Ben Simmons as well. Like. He, Neither of those guys are threatening me with a three point shot. So already if they put the Celtics, they're at a disadvantage, even if they have more talent on the floor, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah, I like the, your, the I like Celtics. your point
2: about, go ahead. Sorry, I like your point about none of those guys are going to beat you with the three, because at the end of the day, Ben Simmons can't shoot. Joel Embiid doesn't really step outside. He can hit it, but he doesn't really do it that often. Their best three point shooter is JJ Redick who can't, cr- who can't create his own shot. Jimmy Butler is an okay three-point shooter. At the end of the day, if the Celtics, Bucks, and Raptors, who are all good three-point shooting teams, hit their shots, it doesn't matter how much star power you have because it's still threes versus twos at the end. So I like I like that point that you made.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I also don't think the Sixers have much of a chance against the Celtics, but, okay, how about this? We'll pose this question. Which... Which team would you give the Sixers the best chance against if you had to pick one team? Abhijit.
2: I had to pick
0: one team. I actually think
2: they match up well with the Bucks like I mentioned earlier. Even though the Bucks are are the best team uh, in the East right now. Because I think that their size can affect the way Giannis operates. Um he basically like I said earlier, he likes to get down on the paint and then kick out to his shooters. And there's like crazy screenshots on Twitter of like literally five bodies around him within like one foot. Um, and that's because those guys can't stop him from getting to the rim. But if you have big help inside like Simmons and Embiid, I don't think I think you can contain his penetration enough where he won't be able to kick it out um, to as open shooters as
0: he usually does. Okay, so that's kind of my my uh, my take. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Bucks are the team that the Sixers match up the best against. What do you think, Ebo? Do you have another team in mind, or do you also agree that it's the Bucks?
1: I also agree that it's the Bucks, but I do think um, outside the Bucks, they also do match up pretty well with the Raptors. In my opinion, uh, the Raptors' interior defense uh, just wouldn't be a match for Joel Embiid, and really stopping Ben Simmons from getting to the rim wouldn't really happen. Um, but they they match up probably the best with the Bucks. Okay, so uh,
0: how many games do you think it would take to decide a Bucks Sixers series, and who do you think would win? Both of you guys.
2: Uh, Bucks Sixers. I say. I'd say Bucks win in seven. Ebo.
1: Yeah. Um, I'd say. I'd pick the Bucks to win in 6, but it it would be maybe a difficult 6 games. It wouldn't be I don't think they'd be up 3-1 or anything like that. I think it'd be pretty close throughout. But 6 games.
0: Yeah, I would say Bucks in 7, but I you know, the also the big thing about Milwaukee is they have no playoff experience really in the big, in the big time games. They have playoff experience like, you know, being in like kind of the small time series where they, you know, push teams to the brink but they don't have any experience being the favorite in the playoffs. And I think that's something that really um, you, you see time and time again. There's a difference between being the underdog in the playoffs and being the favorite in the playoffs when people actually expect you to win and you have the home court advantage. I think we saw it with the Pacers a few years ago, and I think we'll see it again with the Bucks this year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, who, so who do you guys think will win the East? Uh, pick one of the teams. Yeah. Uh... I can't see the
2: Celtics coming well now that the paces are out, I can see the Celtics maybe making a push for third, but I still think the Bucs are gonna hold on do you mean like in the standings or winning an Eastern Conference?
0: Uh, how about we pose it as two questions, sorry? That was a little ambiguous. Who's gonna win who's gonna be first at the end of the regular season and who's gonna end up winning the conference in the playoffs?
2: Okay. So yeah, I I, I take the Bucks winning winning the conference, um, Eastern conference finals. I'm taking, I'm taking the Celtics. Okay. are going to make go? it to the finals.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, to win the conference, I'd have to go probably Raptors. Um, but to win the East, I'm, I'm going Celtics. I think the potential of, uh, Kyrie Irving in the playoffs, he could be the best player in the entire conference. Um, and, and they just have a ton of talent. So I'm picking the Celtics.
0: Yeah. So for me, I think to win in the regular season, uh, the bucks will probably finish first. I think the Raptors won't be able to keep up simply because they're going to have to rest Kawhi a little bit down the stretch. As you said, Ebo. every five or six game, uh, Kawhi gets a rest, which is good for them. And I think they'll still get second. And, uh, to win it in the playoffs, you know, I have to go with the Raptors. Uh, I really like what mm-hmm. Nick nurse is doing. Uh, as the head coach, I really think like the system he's implemented is something that, you know, will kind of allow the Raptors to compete with the Celtics. I think they could be a, they can play the Celtics game, you know, with the small ball lineup and stuff like that. They'll be able to play the Celtics game. And I think that the star power with Kawhi, uh, he can just defend multiple positions, and I think that's something that is really just gonna help the Raptors. So next, let's move on to the Western Conference. And um right now the standings in the West are as follows. The Warriors are first. The Nuggets are two games behind them in second. Thunder are four games behind the Warriors in third. Blazers are fourth. Rockets are fifth, but they're climbing quickly as James Harden goes on this tear. And Chris Paul is expected back soon. Spurs are sixth. Jazz are seventh. Clippers are eighth. But uh, from the eighth spot and the 14th spot is a seven game difference. But between the eighth spot and the 13th spot occupied by the Mavericks is only a four and a half game difference. So I think that race for the final playoff spot in the West is going to get really heated up. So as far as contenders go, I think um, we're going to anger some Nuggets fans with this one, but we're in <laughs> unanimous agreement that the Warriors and the Rockets are really the only two people contending for um, uh, coming out of the West for the NBA Finals. Would you guys agree? You guys agree with that, right? Yeah, I'll absolutely. Agree with that. So why would you? Why do you guys think that the Nuggets? Uh, why do you think that is just not their year? Why do you think they don't match up with these two teams?
2: Um I, I don't get me wrong, they're an extremely talented team with Jokic, Jamal Murray and Gary Harris. Um they can shoot the three well. Um but I I it's just it's the West. It's too tough. Um you have the top two teams, the Warriors and the Rockets. Um the Warriors are clearly the best team in the league. The Rockets debatably are the second-best team in the league um, once they have Chris Paul and Clint Capella back. Um, and so it's really tough for me to see a team like the Nuggets, who are very young, uh, kind of crack open the top two spots. So, personally, um, I think they're they're a little inexperienced, but they are very talented. They could, go, they could go on a run in the playoffs, but I don't think they're making past either the Warriors or the Rockets. Ivo, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I... I- pretty much agree with that i think their youth is the biggest factor um they they may be the top two or three seed or whatever but they don't have any playoff experience and pretty much every other team in the west that's contending in the playoffs uh, or contending for a playoff spot has experience and um there Jokic is a really good player i think jamal murray is a pretty good player but some of his numbers suggest that he's um he's not really killing it I think Gary Harris is also a good player, but but another, neither of those guys are, I think, huge breakout players. Um, they've been playing really well together as a team, but I just don't think they have uh, what it takes to match up with some of the, the tougher Western Conference teams, like the Warriors, like the Rockets, when they're healthy. Um, and even, to some extent, the Jazz, who are a pretty good team, and they've been playing a lot better recently, and, and they showed in last year's playoff how tough they can be yeah I think you were when you're talking about the players uh,
0: it really kind of uh, expanded on one thing I really feel about the Nuggets which is they have a lot of very good players they don't have any great players and when you look at the Warriors no need to even say like they have a lot of great players you look at the Rockets they have James Harden Chris Paul's gonna come back and the system that the Rockets play kind of makes other players look a lot better than they really are when you have Harden and Paul breaking down the defense And I just think the Nuggets lack that go-to scorer because, you know, although you can dump it to Jokic, when Jokic gets double teamed, he's going to pass it. And I think the Warriors and Rockets will be too defensively sound to just allow someone to be cutting wide open to the basket. So then there's going to be another pass. And I think the ball just is going to find itself into the hands of someone who really isn't prepared to, uh, to blossom into a superstar yet for the Nuggets. I think they're still a year or two away, in my opinion. So first, uh, Ebo, tell us a little bit about the Rockets. Why do you think they have the chance to win the conference?
1: I know this isn't the MVP segment, but nothing else needs to be said other than James Harden. He's he's the MVP of the league right now. He's uh, just murdering it every single time he plays. I think it was last night or two nights ago, he scored 61 points. I mean, he and he just did that with ease. I think the last several games, none of his buckets have been assisted. He's just scoring at a crazy crazy pace obviously that has to do with uh chris paul and clint capella being out for uh, the last several games and chris paul really most of the season and even pj tucker in there a couple games so the fact that um they're 27 and 20 they are the fifth seed in the western conference right now uh but they're pretty much totally depleted beside behind excuse me besides james harden uh is a Honestly a good sign for them because once they do get healthy, uh they have the personnel to compete with the Warriors and they have the MVP of the league. Um, so their numbers suggest that they're not a very good defensive team. Uh, but with how explosive their offense is and how unstoppable James Harden has been this year, uh, besides the Warriors, I don't see how uh this fully healthy Rockets team loses four out of seven games.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, man. I think uh, kind of the style of defense they play and the way they kind of like to slow down the ball a little bit. Uh, You know, you don't really think of a D'Antoni team as uh, a team that slows it down. But if I pull up the pace numbers here, the Rockets are, if I look down here, yeah, the Rockets are 28th in pace of play. Wow! So you don't think of a D'Antoni team as a team that really slows it down a lot, right? But yeah. I think the Rockets figure that the best way to beat their opponents is slow it down and be lethal on offense, right? Because no matter what place you play on offense, if you have James Harden, you're going you're gonna to probably put the ball in the net more times than not. And on the defensive side of the ball, it really helps when you're playing a slow pace of offense, you know? It, less easy shots for the other team, you can set your defense, and when you get that, you know, switch everything scheme that the Rockets use, it can really frustrate a lot of opponents and get your offense going and then... He's playing some good basketball. What do you think yeah, about think that? that what, like, do you, what do you think about the Rockets?
2: Oh yeah, um, I think that like you're mentioning the pace numbers. You kind of have to play like that without Chris Paul and Clint Capella. Uh, if you only have James Harden, he can't. He's not going to put up like 60 points a game, running up and down the court. Um, so I think that's kind of why those those numbers are a little down. And that is the best way to play for them right now. Um, definitely, definitely, their defense is looking looking bad, but that's cause they have literally no, no inside presence. There's no Clint Capella to funnel any ball handlers to, um, to the paint for, you know, for him to contain, um, Chris Paul is a great defender on the ball, um, and, and off screen. So I, I see them, I see them really jumping up because they're going to get two great players back and Harden's going to be able to rest a little bit more. The ball is going to move a little bit more. Um, they're going to be able to push the pace a little bit more. So, all good things, all good things for the Rockets um, coming up once they get both their guys back.
0: So, I have a question for you then, WBG. Do you think that uh, when they get all their when they're back at full strength, do you think that they should push the pace more, or do you like the way they're playing right now? Do you think they should stick with it? What do you think?
2: So, the, with the way they're playing right now, it's just James Harden pick and roll get a good switch. Okay, I'm going to try and score or kick it out uh to an open shooter. And that's fine cuz that's us- that's utilizing all the talent that there is on the floor. Which includes JL Green, PJ Tucker, James Harden, and Farid and I can't and Eric Gordon, right?
0: Who's also been uh, games here and there by the way.
2: <laughs> yeah, Eric Gordon's been in and out. They had like Daniel House or whatever uh from the from the G League brought up. Um But once you have guys like Capella, and I think Farid's game kind of mimics his because he plays that kind of like dunk spot. Uh, If Ward Harden gets off the pick and roll, he can just lob it up. But once you get guys like Chris Paul back, I don't think that playing that style is going to maximize both Chris Paul's skill and James Harden's skill at the same time. Um, So I think, yeah, you're going to have another guy who can get the ball and push it in transition with Chris Paul. So it doesn't always have to be. All right, let's give it up to Harden and slow it down and see what you can do. Because you trust you trust Chris Paul more, than I think you do with their other guard. I think Eric Gordon pushing it up the floor. Um, and so they're gonna have to change it up. They're gonna they're gonna want to push the ball more with Chris Paul. Um, yeah, he's as just he, too talented to be holding him back.
0: Yeah, I mean we'll see what happens to their pace of play, but I agree. When you get to full strength, I don't think that'll stay as low. So, uh, OBG, talk a little bit about the Warriors, man. Uh, they're still at the top, you know, with a KD. Some people think he's a snake. Some people, you know, only <laughs> Warriors fans. I love him. <laughs> so, yeah, talk a little bit about the Warriors, man. Why do you think that they'll repeat again as Western Conference champions?
2: All right. Well, uh, I don't know if you guys have been watching DeMarcus Cousins play, but today he had 17 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, and I think, I think it was like maybe like 15 or 18 minutes something ridiculous it was 24 minutes but he shot 8 of 12. I mean basically you, you've seen all those uh pictures on Twitter or whatever of guys giving Draymond like the Ben Simmons treatment um off off of like pick and <laughs> rolls and stuff. Basically yeah. you can't do that with DeMarcus Cousins sure you lose a little bit uh defensively but it just adds a whole another depth to your to your offense cuz literally everyone can set a pick and roll and pick and pop and guys can just shoot um and i don't see i don't see any other team really have that ability to score from anywhere Every, all five positions can score from anywhere so that's that's really why i have them at the top and you have all that star power clay can get hot in an instant KD will just quietly give you 25 and Steph Steph is the main guy creates everything with all his with his basically shooting gravity so it's tough to see them not repeating
0: yeah I mean you know I agree with you OBG about the Warriors and the thing is uh, before, like, I, I feel like DeMarcus came back just in time because they were having a huge problem at the center position. Uh, you know, Jordan Bell's getting, like, no minutes. Is he in the G League? Is he in, is he in the NBA? No one <laughs> even knows right now. Um, Kevin Lee Nowhere uh, to be found. has been okay, but they're missing Damian Jones, I believe, who got injured. And uh, Cousins coming in is kind of at the perfect time, you know, that they can start to gel as a team for the playoffs. Yeah, what do you think about the Warriors, Ebo? And... Uh, yeah, talk a little bit about how they match up with the, match up with the Rockets.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, clearly they're the most, most talented team in the league. Um, they have two top three, top four players. Uh, we don't really need to talk about how much talent they have. It's pretty obvious now, but uh, like you were saying, Roanoke, they've kind of been struggling lately at the center position. And DeMarcus Cousins coming back right now uh, is great timing for them to figure out what their identity is going to be come playoff time and how they want to play defensively because um how they play on offense is that's i think never really a huge problem for them with how uh efficient and easily some of their guys can score like steph kd clay obviously uh but defensively i think when they're matching up with the rockets that's where you're going to win your games uh because they can score and they can score on the Rockets, but are they going to be able to contain James Harden? Are they going to be able to stop Chris Paul? Are they going to be able to stop the pick and roll with Klapella? Um Those are the biggest factors and DeMarcus Cousins, uh, especially with the pick and roll game comes in perfectly, right? If, if he can defend that really well and they can figure out a way to um, maybe hide some of his weaknesses on defense. And I'm sure Draymond will be a part of that then um, then they shouldn't really have too much of a problem against against the Rockets. They, they have a huge talent advantage, but um, that's, I think, something to look for. And him coming back right now it just sets that, sets that up for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, I mean, one interesting thing uh, that kind of just popped out to me right now, uh, both the Western Conference teams are the two worst in defensive rating out of the six that we've talked about, that we talked about. And but both of them are first and second in offensive rating respectively. The Warriors come in at first, and the Rockets are second. I thought that was kind of interesting, you know. Both these teams can really score, but I think whoever plays the best best defense on a given night will come out with a W between the Warriors and the Rockets.
1: Yeah, and the Warriors have an advantage of having one of the two or three best defenders in the league in Draymond Green, um, and and so that's I think what helps kind of put them over the edge against the Rockets uh, and. The Rockets are really good, and they have some really good defensive players, but I don't know if they have someone that anchors them quite like Draymond Green anchors the Warriors.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like we were saying the same things last year, and then if it weren't for – well, Rockets fans will say if it wasn't for a Chris Paul injury, they'd be in the finals instead of, uh, <laughs> instead of the Warriors. Yeah. They're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, you know <laughs> – Everyone has their own opinion. I mean, in my opinion it's a, it's a hypothetical statement, so unfortunately there's no way to prove or disprove it.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's exactly the point because you could always say from the other side that the Warriors didn't have Andre Iguodala for a couple games there and they would have never been down 3-2 if he was uh, if he was playing. So ultimately it's right, hypothetical, right. but it, it is it is a little tough when the when the Rockets were up by double digits in game 6 and 7 and you know if if Chris Paul was there, I just I don't know. I don't think they lose. They have a point, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, so do you guys want to see another rematch of these teams in the finals, or would you rather have it be before the final, uh, the Western Conference Finals, and see another team play the Warriors and have that chance to go to the finals? What do you guys think? You think this is a fitting way to end the uh, Western Conference playoffs?
2: Yeah, I I definitely want to see another rematch. Uh, teams full strength right? Who doesn't want to see the two best teams go at it? So it'll be good. So all the, all the Rockets fans and can uh, can see what actually will happen um, when everyone is at full strength. So I'm excited to see
0: that. How about you, Ibo? What do you think? Would you rather see another team or you know, do you want to go with the same rematch again?
1: I think the same rematch would probably be the most uh, entertaining and satisfying matchup. My own personal bias wants the Lakers to make the Western Conference Finals, but I don't know if that's a reality. So I, I'll I'll say that the Rockets are probably the best team to play against the Warriors.
0: Sure, sure. So before we pick who's gonna come out of the West, out of these two teams, uh, how about how about this? Pick one team that'd be an Achilles heel for each of this team uh, for each of these teams. OBG?
2: Uh, okay, interesting. So yeah. The Achilles heel to the Warriors, it has to be the Rockets. They they just have the Warriors numbers. They forced the Warriors to play some iso ball that doesn't really fit their style. They were able to switch everything so the Warriors can't get really easy looks off their, off their off-ball action. So I I think the Rockets just have the Warriors number. I mean, it's 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 been that way. Uh, for the past year and this year too, um, I don't think they've lost to the Warriors, so the Warriors definitely have a problem in Houston.
0: Yeah, the Rockets are two and zero against the Warriors this season. Uh, how about you, Evo? What's an Achilles' heel of each one of the teams?
1: Uh, I, I actually think that the Thunder can be a bit of an Achilles' heel for the uh, for the Warriors. The Thunder are a really really good defensive team and uh, wants to have. Andre Roberson fully back and healthy their length on the perimeter is going to be really difficult to score against. Um, Paul George is playing really good defense. He's in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Andre Roberson when healthy was a really good defender. Obviously he's coming back from a serious injury. So we don't know how that's going to happen, but if he comes back pretty good, he'll be a great defensive player. Steven Adams down low, Nerlens Noel off the bench. Uh, they're, I think one of the best defensive teams in the league. And um, there's something about them where they can just kind of stop teams and out-hustle them a little bit on the boards and on the defensive end. And they, if they can make the game somewhere around you know 100 to 95 or 105 to 100, then they have a chance. And so I think they can give the Warriors a little bit of trouble.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think, honestly, it's really hard to, to pick which one of these teams will come out of the West, you know, just because uh, the Rockets are 2-0 against the Warriors, but we know what the Warriors can do in the playoffs. But one thing I kind of want to put as, like, a uh, variable in this situation is I think whichever team, I think both the teams will end up beating the Thunder in a seven-game series, but whichever team has to play the Thunder, they're in for a dogfight, and I think that could really carry over to the series that they play against each other. You know, whichever team has to play the Thunder might be more tired, more fatigued, more beat up. Uh, that's just my opinion. But yeah, so which one of these teams would you pick in a seven-game series and then how many games? OBG? Uh Against the Thunder? No, uh, against each other. Warriors versus Rockets. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Warriors.
2: Um, I don't even think... I don't think it'll go seven. I think, I think it'll go six. Might be a hot take, but... Um, I think that... Having DeMarcus Cousins really puts Capella at a disadvantage because Cousins can pressure Capella from the outside. He doesn't. He's not Kevon Looney where you don't have to guard him. Um, I think it just makes their whole defense, the Rockets' defense, a lot tougher. Um, a lot more to deal with for the Rockets' defense. So I'm taking the Warriors in six. Yeah, not too confident, but I'll take them in six. Ebo, what about you?
1: Yeah, I think taking the Warriors is is kind of a no-brainer for me Um, uh, that, yeah, they're going to win. I'll I'll take them in six, but honestly, if the Warriors are are playing up to their talent level, I really wouldn't be surprised if they close out in five.
0: Wow, I mean, you guys are really confident in the Warriors. I mean, to be honest, I was super confident in the Warriors last year. I thought they'd win in five or six, and they kind of let me down, to be honest. And uh, so for me, I, I just think something about the Rockets has the Warriors' number but the fact that the warriors are most more than likely going to have a uh, home court advantage in this series uh, I'll take it with the warriors in 7 Yeah, that's probably the most likely scenario honestly. Yeah, so the next thing that I want to talk about a little bit is the MVP race going on in the NBA. So, uh for each person, let's go with this. Give me one player uh out of kind of the MVP candidates who's their favorite? Like as in, you know, you love watching this guy, you think uh, you know, it, he's just your favorite out of the MVP candidates and then pick the player who you think will end up winning. Uh, Abhijit, go first.
2: Yeah. So to answer the first part of your question, who would I, who do I love watching? I mean, given the recent series of events, that's James Harden scoring over like 40 points a game. Um, I tune into every, every Rockets game now just to see how many points he will put up. So for me, right now, my favorite player um, in this MVP race has to be has to be James Harden. Um, he's playing at an absurd level. His usage rate is like ridiculous. He's it's almost like fifty percent. It's a forty, but it's like close. It's close to half the times uh, his team has the ball. So I, I was literally watching the game against the Knicks. He get the ball um, every single time up the floor, set a pick and roll, and then literally orchestrate the offense. So He's doing that at an absurd level. He's doing that to the point where the Rockets are the second best team um in terms of offensive rating behind the Warriors. And that's basically saying James
0: Harden is the second best offense in the league. Yeah, so, I mean that's a fair I to have say. to take James Harden. <laughs> so I mean I'm assuming that you think James Harden will win the MVP as well, considering he is a front runner and how how much uh you know affinity you have for him. Is that fair? To yeah. Say? Yeah, yeah. All right, Ibo, who's your favorite of the candidates and who do you think is going to win?
1: My favorite of the candidates would have to be uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, you look at some of his numbers so far this year. Obviously, he just got injured a couple games ago, but up to this point in the year, he's been averaging, honestly, just absurd numbers, 29 points, 13 rebounds. He's got four and a half assists, which is almost twice as much as what he's had in the past. He's got two and a half blocks and nearly two steals. Uh, efficient shooting. He's 50% from the field. His true shooting is 60%. I mean, he's putting up insane numbers for a seven foot player to have the skills that he has to be able to score from pretty much anywhere on the court at any given time um, and be one of the best defensive players in the league to me just makes him probably my favorite player to watch in the entire league Um, just because of how skilled he is, but how physically dominant he is as well um and obviously you know the pelicans as a team have not been doing super well uh there's plenty of reasons for that uh but i think watching anthony davis play and seeing the impact that he has for his team when he's on the court um just makes him really really exciting and fantastic to watch
0: yeah i mean as far as the pelicans go how can a team that expects to be in the playoffs have Alfred Payton as their point guard? <laughs> like not to hate on the guy. I think he has, you know, some sick haircuts, very innovative, but as far as being a point guard, I I don't know how you can have Alfred Payton as your point guard. What do you think about that, OBG? You like Alfred Payton, don't like him, think I'm hating on him?
2: <laughs> no, I, I, I remember last year, um, when James Harden had his triple double, 60-point game as he is being guarded by Alfred Payton. So, um, <laughs> basically, what that's what I think of Alfred Payton. Um, yeah, I don't. Do they not give Drew
0: Holiday point guard responsibilities on, on the Pelicans, or is it? No, I mean I, I, they something do. That, but uh, as far as like the starting lineup, the point guard listed is Alfred Payton. Like Alfred Payton is part of the starting lineup. Is the point I'm trying to make? Like whether it's in whether that's ridiculous. A point guard by name only. <laughs> How is Alfred Payton in your starting lineup? Man, yeah.
2: I have no idea. They they really need to get Mike Conley since Grizzlies are trying to shop Mike Conley. That'd be pretty. Yeah, that'd be for a, them. that'd be
1: a great pickup for them. That'd actually. be
0: great. I mean, yeah, it's if you're speaking to like trade rumors and stuff. I'm not sure what the Pelicans would give the Grizzlies that they would like, though. You know what I mean? Like, what what do you guys think the Pelicans could trade for Mike Conley off the top of your head?
1: I could probably put out Nikola Mirotic and. Um... Maybe each one more. They're both fairly decent players and then throwing a couple picks. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't really know what else they have to offer. Uh, maybe Julius Randall. He's on an expiring contract. He's a pretty good player, but. Oh, it's expiring. Um, I didn't know that. Wow. That's a good point. Yeah. I think he just signed a one-year deal. So, um, and it also depends on what the Grizzlies are trying to do. Are they trying to tank? Are they trying to build around um, Sharon Jackson? You know, it's, it's kind of hard to tell what their side of things are to to what the strategy is going to be in trading Conley or uh, Gasol, as the rumors suggest.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think right now every team that had a chance to trade to the Hawks for Doncic and didn't is probably kicking themselves. Go Mavs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to put a little Mavs homer take in there since you brought up Jaron Jackson. Yeah, so uh, I guess for me, um, you know, a lot of people are... Probably gonna boo me, you know, for being a little too, uh, not off the too much on the beaten path, I guess, with this one. But my favorite out of the MVP contenders, uh, he probably won't win, but Kevin Durant, I think a lot of people kind of just discount, uh, his play because, oh, he's with Steph, he's with, uh, Clay, um, he has a great team, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the people do forget that this season there was a long stretch of time where Steph was out with that groin injury. And yeah. if you look at Kevin Durant's stats right now, uh, 28 points, seven and a half rebounds, six assists. Uh, in all three categories, uh, he is a uh, top 50 in the NBA uh, among players who have uh, 12 field goal attempts per game. Uh, as far as shooting wise, he's almost at 50-40-90. He's at 51% from the field, uh, a little bit below 40. 38 and a half from three-point range, and 90% from the free throw line. Uh, and I think uh, on his 30% usage, which is, is kind of close to Giannis' usage if you think about it. It's only about uh, a point and a three-half below Giannis. And, uh, you know, since since Giannis mm-hmm. is none of your guys' favorite player out of this, he, it's not like he's mine either. I think the fact that he can't shoot free throws very well and he can't shoot uh, threes very well just makes him kind of unappealing as an MVP candidate. And, uh, you know... He shoots great from the field, but that's kind of because he drives in a lot and you know gets a lot of those great shots off uh, the the spaced floor. But I think uh, James Harden is quite clearly the favorite for MVP. I'd be surprised if he doesn't win at this point. The way he's kind of carried the Rockets uh, up the Western Conference standings. What do you guys think? Do you think James Harden is going to win?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if he doesn't, it's it's going to be a real shame because he absolutely deserves it. Uh, he he's um, he's going crazy.
2: Yeah, there's no way he doesn't get it. Yep, I, I can't agree. see that. Yeah,
1: they so, can't. You know, he's putting up a Kobe-like season. They can't rob a player like that twice. You know, you gotta, you gotta reward a season like this.
0: Yeah, I mean that's true. Uh, I feel like in the when when he didn't win it over Russell Westbrook, I didn't necessarily feel he was robbed because I think if you're looking for the most valuable player. Um, although the Thunder didn't finish with as many wins as the Rockets did, uh, without Russell Westbrook on that Thunder team, they're the worst in the NBA, I think. Just the way that the other players on that team played. But, I mean, that's a debate for another time, I guess.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't disagree with you there. I think Russ deserved that 100%. Because I think it's the MVP of the league at the end of the day. Um, and I think narrative is part of it, and and the narrative of... What Russ did that year and the narrative of what Harden is doing right now um, makes them the MVPs. And that's beyond just the numbers. The numbers are insane. The numbers are just crazy. 36 points, that's that's nuts.
0: Yeah, I mean, another, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Paul George as well. Uh, he's having a phenomenal season, even though he's definitely not really an MVP candidate or I guess he, he's probably in the top 10 of many MVP lists, but definitely not in the top five. Uh, t- Almost 27 points on a 44% shooting, but he's shooting almost 40% from three-point range. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's averaging, let's see right here, eight rebounds a game with four assists. So I, uh, Paul George is having a pretty good year. It, very close to KD's numbers, to be honest. Not per- uh, shooting percentage-wise, but just overall uh, numbers.
2: Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with Westbrook changing his game a little bit to incorporate Paul George. I
0: yeah, mean, I mean, the way Westbrook, Westbrook has been playing this season, uh, I think yeah. it's good that he's let Paul George kind of take the alpha <laughs> role on offense.
2: For sure. Imagine if he did that with
0: Kevin Durant. Wow. Well.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> the what-ifs what are sad for Thunder <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, you, you think about it, they had Westbrook, Harden, and Durant all on the team at one point. Yeah. it's it's unfortunate sometimes it's just you can't yeah. make it all work and you know sam presti is one of the best gms in the game so
1: yeah i mean his track record <laughs> with draft picks is quite remarkable yeah um, and,
0: and he's really amazing. doing more with less with this thunder team uh if you think about like Terrence ferguson jeremy grant like both players that a lot of teams passed on that he's really turned into very valuable players and the way that he was able to trade oladipo mm-hmm for Paul George, kind of flipping him into Paul George. That's a great... And convince Paul George to stay. That really speaks to how well he's done as a GM. So the next thing we'll move on to is uh, we'll talk about uh, five games next week that uh, are pretty big games. Uh, So let's just take it away with the Warriors at the Celtics. Who do you guys think wins and why? Uh,
2: I'll take the Warriors... Um, pretty biased, but um, they've just been playing crazy lately. I dropped Cousins' stat line earlier today. If he's playing this well, Al Horford can't guard him. Um, it's just going to be tough for the Celtics. But I expect I expect a good fight. I expect like a good, a uh, good match for the Celtics defense. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I think I'm going to have to take the Warriors.
0: How about you, Ebo? Who are you taking?
1: You know, I'm actually going to pick the Celtics. Um, I think they're a really good home team. They're 19-5. and five. Uh, They have one of the best defenses in the league, and uh, they play extremely well at home defensively. They've won their last five games. They've been pretty good the last 10 games. They've won seven of their last 10. Uh, and so I think, I think they have the potential to be a really good offense if things are clicking well for all their players, if Gordon Hayward – and Jason Tatum have good nights offensively, and Kyrie Irving um does what he does, then they have a really good chance of winning. It won't be easy, obviously. It never is against the Warriors, but um I think they're pretty, pretty damn talented and, and close. Maybe not as close as they might think, but they're close in talent to the Warriors. Um and, and so I'm I'm picking the Celtics. Yeah, I'll
0: take the Warriors. Uh, you know the Celtics have been on a good winning streak, but the Warriors are now uh at ten in a row going into that game after their win against the Wizards. So you know I I just think the Celtics just don't really measure up to the Warriors in terms. I don't think they can outscore them. Uh, and yeah, I mean going with the Warriors, I think they're, they're both teams are hot, but when it comes to uh you know just who's gonna win, I I, I always want to go with the team that has. That has a, the, the three superstars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Bucks at the Thunder on Sunday. Who do you guys pick to win? This is kind of a tricky one. Who do you guys pick to win and why?
2: Uh, I'm taking I'm taking the Bucks, even though the Thunder play really well at home. Um, I think that you know Russell Westbrook playing really badly lately. I don't know if it'll continue, but it probably will. Um, and he really, I don't think he'll be able to create as much as he does, um, against, against the Bucks defense, frankly, um, outside of Paul George, the thunder can't really score. Terrence Ferguson has now become like a passable three-point shooter, actually a pretty good three-point shooter. So, so that's kind of good, but outside of Paul George and Russell Westbrook creating for each other, I don't think that uh, they have the firepower to kind of beat the Bucks.
0: Um, yeah, one player and that they're the Bucks right. have a great
2: defense. Yeah, go yeah, ahead.
0: one player that the Thunder are really missing that people aren't really talking about is uh, Alex Abrines. Uh, he's one of their best three point shooters, and although he doesn't offer much on the defensive end, uh, obviously, like they need all the offense they can get, and having another shooter really doesn't hurt them. What do you think, Ebo, about this game? Who do you think is going to win?
1: Uh, I'm actually going to disagree with you again. There, I'm going to go with the Thunder. Uh, they're a really good. Home team. And Russell Westbrook has been playing pretty poorly, but tonight he actually had a really good game. He had 23 points, 17 rebounds, 16 assists, Easy. and just four turnovers. Triple uh, he management. only shot three three point attempts. Uh, he was one for three. So I think if he plays that way, uh they've really figured out a pretty good formula uh, for success with Paul George being the primary scorer and anchoring the defense with Russell just kind of. Uh, doing a little bit of everything as he's been doing for the last several years. He doesn't need to shoot too much, but he's still one of the best at attacking the basket. Um, so if he plays like that, uh, I think they're really tough to beat at home uh, and, and their interior defense versus the bucks is, and rebounding is uh, a pretty good advantage of theirs.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's uh this is a tough one for me, you know, the Thunder are a really good home team. And, but the Bucs have been playing really well at the same time. So, you know, kind of going, I'm just going to go with the team that's been playing better throughout the course of the season, and that's the Bucs. I think the Thunder have been, in a, in a, they had a good game today, but they've been in a little bit of a slide lately. And I think the Bucs are a very well rounded team. They play defense and offense. The Thunder are more of a defensive oriented team. So I, I think I like the Bucs in that game. So, uh, we're going to have the Bucs again. So, how about the Bucs at the Raptors uh, in a week from today, Thursday? Next Thursday.
2: Um, um. Yeah, this one has to depend on whether Kawhi is playing. Um, if Kawhi plays, I'm taking Raptors. If he doesn't, I'm probably gonna take the Bucks. Um, yeah, Kawhi makes a huge difference uh, on that end, so it'll have to depend.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, in. In the season series, the Bucks are two and one against the Raptors. Uh, one of those games was with no Giannis or Kawhi, though. But yeah, I think the uh, the Bucks are winning the season series two to one. Yeah, what do you think, Ebo?
1: Yeah, I, I agree there. I think if Kawhi doesn't play, then I have to go with Bucks. But if he plays, um, well, I'm I'm picking the Raptors.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm going to assume Kawhi is going to play, and I'll take the uh, Raptors to win that game as well. I just think at home, uh, it's hard to discount the Raptors. That whole Canada fan base thing is crazy. And, yeah, I, like I said, I think they're just a little bit of a better team than the Bucks, so I think I'll take them to win. How about the 76ers at the Warriors? Also a week from today on Thursday. What do you guys think about this game?
2: Uh, yeah... Warriors are at home undefeated, not literally, but they're pretty tough to beat. Um, I don't think that 76ers can can really guard out there um, now that the Warriors have five shooters on the floor. So I'm going to have to take the Warriors.
1: Ebo? Yeah, I don't think it's wise to bet against the Warriors at home. And I don't think the Sixers are the team uh, to steal a victory. So. With them kind of at full strength now, DeMarcus Cousins getting back in the swing of things, um, I can see them going on a on a run here up until the All-Star break. They've won 10 in a row, and, and I you know, see them continuing playing very, very well.
0: Yeah, a clean sweep. I'm going to go with the Warriors as well. I don't think the 76ers can keep up with them, uh, nor do I think that they can defend them very well. Rockets at Nuggets, last game, last big game of the week. What do you guys think?
2: Rockets at Nuggets. Okay, the Nuggets. Nuggets are a tough team to beat at home. Plus, looked into it, I think the Rockets are coming off like a a tough a tough road stretch where they play the Pelicans, a tough team, with assuming that you have nobody except for James Harden, um, and then the Raptors, who are also a tough team. Um, so I think, I think they'll be a little bit worn down. Um, and the Nuggets at home are pretty tough. So I'll take the Nuggets.
0: How about you, Ebo?
1: I'm actually going to take the, uh, the Rockets. Um, I think the way James Harden has been playing, uh, against the Nuggets, bows better for the Rockets than it does the Nuggets. He can just go off and score 55 points and, and Denver's not I think the greatest defensive team. And so their answer to that is, is uh, not as explosive as it might need to be. And they're also going to have two full days of rest um, in between their game with the the Pelicans and their game with Denver. So uh, I just think he, the way he's been playing it's, it's really hard for a team like the Nuggets to stop him. And, and I don't see them doing that.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, if you look at the season series so far, it's been two O rockets and, uh, just the fact that the Rockets are, you know, gearing up for the playoffs, they might have Chris Paul back for this game. And the Nuggets, um, they've been 6-4 and four in their last 10, but I just get the feeling that they haven't been playing as well lately as they were in the beginning of the season. You know, kind of teams get out to really good starts, but they kind of fade down the stretch a little bit if they're not as experienced uh, being in that position. And I think that's kind of the case with the Nuggets. I think the Rockets continue their playoff push and they win this game. So, yeah, uh, OBG took the Nuggets and we, both of us took the Rockets. So, yeah, that uh, that about concludes it for the podcast this week. Uh, great talking from NBA with you guys. Appreciate your time. Uh, take it easy. I'll see you guys next week.